Hey, on my Travel Ones podcast, I'm looking to have Ariel Garden. How are you today, Ariel? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing excellent. Am I saying your name correctly? Ariel Garden. You got okay. it. Just wanted to double check. You have one of those names that could go either way. Uh, Ariel's a neuroscientist, an innovator, an entrepreneur, really in the, in the world of meditation, I guess. And she has some exciting products that I personally want to look at. So I was excited to talk to Ariel about meditation and how it can help with jet lag, how it can help uh, getting your focus and uh, even when you're flying. So kind of what, what's your background and, and how did you get started with the meditation? So I was trained as a neuroscientist. I worked for almost a decade as a practicing psychotherapist. And along the way, I began working with this brain-computer interface device. So it was an EEG electrode that you would slip on your head. And by shifting your brain state, you could actually change the sound that you were hearing in the room. I was working in a research lab and was playing with this technology and stood back and just said, wow, this is incredible. The world needs to know about this. And then I set about a business called Muse um, to take it to market. So the device has now been in market for six years. We're venture funded. It's used by hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. And what it does is it gives you real-time feedback on your brain during meditation so that you know when you're in the zone and when your mind is wandering. Because as a psychotherapist, I would be recommending meditation to my patients. They would never do it. As an entrepreneur, I'd be, you know, having a thousand things going on in my mind and needing to meditate and never able to do it successfully. And knowing that data and outcomes are important to be able to improve, to to manage, to have KPIs, um, we decided to create a device that could actually track your brain during meditation and give you real-time feedback to help you start or enhance your practice. Well, and I know as, as I'm on, on an airplane, and you're right, I mean, my, my brain starts bouncing a thousand miles an hour. I got, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do when I get there, what I'm going to do when I get back, the emails I got, you know, the phone, I got to do this, I got to do that. So I think, you know, if you have a six plus hour flight or even a two hour flight, just a bit, how, how long does it take to, to go through the process of, of the meditation? Uh, so you can do the meditations for as little as three minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, you could do very, very short meditations. I find meditating on the plane to be amazing because I can have these very long stretches of meditation. Sure. You know, when you're trying to fit meditation into your work day, you might be meditating for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, and then you have to get to whatever's next. You have to make dinner for your kids or answer that email or whatever it is. Whereas on a plane, it's like the time is your own. You're kind of in, you know, in this place where you can choose to take your mind somewhere else and have these beautiful long stretches of meaningful meditation. What are the negative misconceptions of meditation? I mean, why wouldn't more people do it if, if it only pro- provides benefit? So people are really coming around to the reality of what meditation is. Totally the definition agree. of meditation is a practice or a training that leads to healthy and positive mind state. It's not like a weird and woo-woo mystical thing, which is, I think, a common misconception previously. And there's now over a thousand published journal articles talking about the benefits of meditation to improve your attention, decrease your stress, improve your emotional intelligence, your relationships, your health, and on and on. Even with all of this evidence about the value of meditation, um, most people still don't know what to do with it, like how to do it. And probably the biggest misconception is that in meditation, your mind is supposed to go blank. And so you sit down to meditate for the first time, you close your eyes. 
your mind, of course, never goes blank. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> if you observe it, <laughs> there's more and more activity to observe in there. Um, and so it becomes very frustrating and you get up and you're like, I can't meditate. Or even if you know how to meditate. So in a focused attention practice, you put your attention on your breath. Your mind eventually wanders, which all our minds do. It's your job to notice your mind is wandering and then choose to return your attention back to your breath. You have this feeling like you're still supposed to not have thought. And every time your mind wanders, it becomes, you know, an indication that you've done something wrong, which is not the case at all. And so, again, people become frustrated themselves during the practice. And there's like, there's nobody inside your head telling you what you're supposed to do or telling you when you've done it right. And so that's really the problem that we wanted to solve. Yeah, that sounds exactly what a lot of business people, especially after the times we're in right now. Do you think you'll yeah. see an uptick with the uh, with the latest uh, lockdowns and everything? With, we've with your absolutely business? seen an uptick. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've seen a lot more people ordering news devices because you're stuck at home. You a maybe have time to meditate because you've lost your job, or b you need meditation more than ever because you're feeling incredibly anxious. You're trying to work from home when your kids are bouncing off the ceiling, and you're having difficulty sleeping. And so people are really turning to tools at home that can help them cope with this moment in time. With every bad time, there's always, I think there's always going to be, somebody's going to benefit from it. And I think people like yourself are are providing a great product that will fit a lot of needs. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it's people who benefit from it. There's a lot of difficulty right now, but there is the opportunity to learn new skills, to be able to learn the skill of acceptance of where you're at to learn the skill of managing your mind and emotion in new ways, to be able to be present in those moments to your kids when they're glorious. Um, There are a lot of silver linings, but it takes work and a change in habit and perspective to be able to to see them. And you have to make the choice to want to get there. I totally agree. With what you've created, you're, you're now traveling a bit more. You're going to CES and you're doing different things. and and you have a child, how how are you balancing the the business needs at home, the business needs of how much, you you know, obviously you can, how much traveling you have to do, and then also with your home life? How are you balancing all that? So uh, obviously during lockdown, we're not traveling at all. But prior to that, I would travel significantly. I'd be, you know, three or four cities in a month and love it. I adore traveling. I adore seeing my friends all over the world and the networking connections that I've built um, and the business opportunities and the relationships and this new cities. Um, how I manage the impact of travel is to make sure I get really good sleep every place that I go. Silly, but I bring my own pillow. That's, that's the one thing I need to do to ensure I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Um, I, FaceTime with my child regularly, which has allowed us to continue to have a relationship and a feeling of closeness while we're away. Um, And I bring him with me whenever I can. So that might mean bringing my mom or a caregiver or my husband with me to travel. Um, It might mean finding a local babysitter. But I'm able to structure travel work engagements in such a way that he can come along and really get the benefit of seeing the world and being proud of what mommy does throughout it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Uh, and I've noticed a lot more business traveling professionals are taking their children out on the road with them, you know, at least a little bit or letting them experience it. 
Whereas I remember when I was growing up, that just didn't happen. You stayed home, your, your mom or, and or dad went out, went to work, did what they had to do. And so it's interesting to hear that. I, th- I think because I was, you know, for me, I was raised that way. So when I've had opportunities to take my daughters with me, I take them with me. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it, it takes a little bit more planning yeah. and, you know, you can't do it on every trip. Um, but being aware of the times when it works and taking the risk to do it always pays off. I mean, the value that you get in exposing them to new experiences and bonding through that time is huge. Totally agree. And if you're a frequent business traveler, you probably have a ton of air miles that you can use to offset the cost of their trip. Well, I have a, a friend that was on the show and his son is a type one diabetic and he uses his companion pass miles, just like you were just talking about through Southwest. I'm not plugging Southwest, but so he uses so many, he flies so much that he, his son is set up on the companion pass. So he gets to fly for free whenever he wants during the year. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. There, there are lots of great hacks. Yeah. My son had his frequent flyer account since uh, the age of two years, the moment I needed to start paying for tickets <laughs> for him. Uh, <laughs> he had frequent flyer accounts with all the airlines. <laughs> so he was getting miles and me. I could just see him showing it. He'll be a diamond plus miles by, by the time he's uh, graduating college. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, wow, how'd you get all those miles? I don't know. My, my, my mom just took me everywhere. What's your favorite place to, to visit for work? And then you know, what's your favorite place to visit for, for fun? Possibly Hawaii and Hawaii. <laughs> um, I'm lucky enough to be working in the wellness industry. Yeah. And so uh, they will often have events in Hawaii um, where I would be speaking or doing workshops or teaching meditation. And so uh, whenever I get to do something in Hawaii, it's the greatest honor. I was actually... Probably the first time I went for work, I was invited to participate in a conference, the Founders 50, which was the 50 best and brightest in technology. And they flew 50 of us on a private jet to Hawaii um, for this incredible conference experience. And that that really set the stage for my love of business travel to the island. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Flying, flying private to, to... Were you on oh, Oahu? Were you in um, Honolulu? Or? No, it was actually on the island of Lanai. Oh, wow. Um, just before Lanai became private. Wow. That's a yeah, good. it was a San Francisco venture capitalist who had set up the conference. Their idea was to find the 50 best and brightest in technology in North America and then bring them together all in one space to talk about the future of tech. Um, and so they created this unbelievable experience for us. Man, that's... That's actually phenomenal. I haven't been until Lanai. That's part of my territory for my day job. And uh, I have a, I have an account on Maui, Kauai, Oahu, and the Big Island, but not obviously not Lanai. That's that's a neat. What's your well? Other than being specific, what is your least favorite city? I don't want to. That's get, a I don't great get trouble, question. But. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm such an optimist. Yeah. I find the fascination in, in being anywhere I am. I don't think I have a least favorite city. So I don't, I, you know, I, the world is different. Yeah. Airports can be frustrating, but that just is what it is. This is truly the value of meditation. <laughs> you really gain a <laughs> sense of acceptance about the experiences that you have in life. Well, I, um, I, I get and it doesn't asking. mean you're not discerning, but it, it really, it really changes your relationship to negative experiences rather than being 
pissed off or frustrated or feeling like, you know, that was awful. I need to rant about it. It's just like, that was an experience in my life. That was curious. It came, it went. I'm fine if I don't have it again. But if I do, you know, there'll be something that I can learn from it. I get people ask me a lot of times because I've been to almost all the states now. And they're like, which, you know, what, what's your favorite state? Or, you know, which, you know, which, what's been your favorite location to visit? And I'm like, I mean, for different reasons, there's different spots, you know. But I, I really don't have a place I, I've gone. I went, ugh. So it's just, some people have, you know, just depending on, on weather and, and that type of thing. But you're from Toronto. You're used to cold. I'm very used to the cold. Yeah, temperature doesn't bother me. So <laughs> I greatly appreciate the warm. There's no question about that. Yeah, it, amazingly enough, when I have to go to my, my territories, my, my stores in, in Hawaii, my daughters and my wife are both overly available. So I, I, I think <laughs> they, their schedule is free right up. I, I think they uh, they're with you on that one. Everyone, everyone. I haven't met anyone that hates Hawaii. So hmm. how many how many uh, days a year are you out on the road when when it's normal conditions? You said three to four cities a, a month. Yeah, so I would say maybe ten days out of the month, ten days out of every month. Did you enjoy? Do you enjoy CES in Vegas in general? I love CES, and it that's that's something that's mixed. You know, some of my team absolutely hates it, and you have to if you've had to work CES, you can understand how how difficult it can be because it's overwhelming you're at the booth for five days straight talking to people nonstop. team scores of people moving around you um but i love the excitement of it i love seeing all the new things um and we always we're typically launching a new product at ces almost every year that we've been there we have some new offering and so you know all the media around is exciting and then again build relationships we have displayed at ces for probably six years or seven years straight um, so you're really going back to old friends and old partners that you've grown with through the years. You know, from the first year before we launched our product, when we were this tiny, funny little startup from Toronto with a brain something headband that helps you meditate, <laughs> people are like, what? This thing exists? This is crazy. To now, you know, people coming back to us on the floor and saying like, oh, yeah, I've seen you for the last six years. How are you doing? And you're reflecting on the, on the relationships that have move from there and that the product relationships and marketing relationships that have grown through CES, it's been an incredibly valuable time for us. You know, it's, it, I always, cause I have to go to, I have to go to Vegas uh, at least uh, 16 days a year uh, for, for the rodeo. And I work for a very large company that's been making jeans for uh, the last 18, 19 years. And I still have customers come in and go, Oh, I don't know. You guys made jeans. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, we've been doing this for almost last almost 20 years, and you know, ads and it, so I, it is interesting that that marketing you you have to constantly get. Be I I have friends. I've been doing this podcast for two years. Next month, you're my 98th guest. And I just had a, I just had a friend I've known for 10 years uh, send me a, a private message saying, hey, I didn't know you had a podcast. <laughs> like, what? Well, obviously you're not talking about it enough. And then yet I have my other friend saying, hey, kind of going overboard on, on promoting the podcast. And I'm like, I'm really excited about my guest. So 
it's just interesting, you know, because you were saying the same thing. It's like, you know, you go to CS and you're there every year. And, but, you know, that's, it's, it's a constant pressure. And that's, that's why people have to travel. Yeah, and it's going to be incredibly interesting during this time. So um, when I'm traveling, actually, I'm typically traveling because I'm a speaker at a conference. I speak at, yeah. I don't know, two dozen conferences, maybe more over the course of the year. And uh, most of the conferences have moved online. So uh, the big ones moved online quite rapidly. So even in February, a conference I speak at in June already moved themselves to online. Um, oh. I speak at another one, Web Summit, in November. I'm guessing that they're going to move online. I have one in October in Hawaii, and I'm praying that we're able to do it in person. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that one. Let's get let's get the Hawaii one going back up. <laughs> Might as well, right? Yeah. So, so the, the the whole notion of travel is really changing right now, and I think when people really taste the ways that we can do business without traveling. And without even traveling to the office, I think a lot of these habits that we're building now are going to maintain even then when COVID is over. I think we're going to see a lot more virtual engagement, A, because people are going to be scared to engage physically for a significant period of time after. You know, it'll yep. take like a year or 18 months or longer until we're really in the clear um, from a health perspective. And then people will get used to working from home in their pajamas attending digital conferences, having digital, you know, meetings and yoga classes and using their Pelotons and, you know, their at-home meditation devices and all of these things that have made life at home actually much more comfortable I wonder and how, the ability to do business from home much more effective. I wonder how that's going to change uh, consumerism, you know, because I know a lot of shop- online shopping. Yeah. I mean, a lot of shopping, you know, Oh, on the way, hey, on the way home from work, stop here. Or, or, hey, on the way home or on the way to work, I'm going to stop and pick this up or get that. But now, if we're working from home a lot more, you're going to see a lot more online shopping. Well, people are getting to actually try out online shopping experiences that they would never have in the past, like online grocery shopping. Yeah. Instacart is hiring 300,000 new employees to do online grocery shopping, and people are trying online shopping for the first time, getting their groceries to the door, recognizing how beautifully efficient it is. And it's a habit that will, I'm sure, continue post-COVID. I agree with that. I mean, right now, for, for me, all of my, my brick-and-mortar stores are closed that I sell to, but my online business is still selling and, and in some ways has picked up. So, Well, for your business, uh, I've seen several friends post on Facebook how do I buy pants online? How do I measure them? Yeah. <laughs> so, I can send them a link to your jeans. No, and we, we have we have fit guides. It's just like with our, I sell cowboy boots too, Western clothing. And it's, you know, we provide fit guides. And, and you know, so if you wear this jean and my jean, this jean here will fit similarly to that. And, you know, it, all the online retailers are, definitely coming up with more creative ways to, to show. I mean, I have one, one company's doing uh, 360 views of the boots, you know, so you can see all the details and you, at your, you can kind of like put it on an axis and just rotate that boot around to see what the, the sole looks like, the heel, the skin, everything. So it's pretty cool. But it's changing. So one of the things, 
One of the things that we've been doing uh, to create online community is we have a, it used to be a Facebook community. We've moved it to another platform and it's now at least 10,000 people who all use Muse to meditate and they come together in this online community to ask questions about meditation, share their stats, support one another. Um, we've been doing digital uh, sangha, so digital meditations where people can come together with one leader leading a, a live meditation with other people in the virtual room with them. Um, we've been hosting meditations online on our Instagram channel uh, every day in the afternoon. So, you know, we found lots of ways to bring people together virtually to support one another, even while we're distanced and at home. And it's been quite amazing. Like, you know, people say, you know, I love this group about the news community. Like they really talk about the love that they have for this group that's now supporting them through something really difficult. That's kind of the, I mean, it, and obviously, you know, we, we, we set up this, this call during the COVID, so it was already in place, but I think more so than ever, mental health is going to be, or should be on the forefront. When, you know, when, when the immediate danger hopefully flattens out and the curve flattens out and all that, people are going to start looking at mental health as an important factor. So I think you're right there. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be painful before it's awesome, but hopefully, you know, we can help people build the skills that they need now to learn to turn their mind away from difficult thoughts, to be able to accept what's happening without um, becoming depressed because of it, to be able to improve their thinking so they can also improve their physiology. You know, uh, stressful and negative thoughts actually can decrease the activity of your immune system. So even in the most practical sense, Keeping a good mental perspective is incredibly important to be able to keep your health and your physiology up so that you can manage this time and battling the disease more effectively. And then sleep is another piece that's huge. People don't realize the impact of sleep on both their mental health and their immunity. So while you sleep, you are creating um, T cells and B cells, which are your immune defense cells. And you're also releasing your immune cells during sleep. So when you short shift your sleep, if you're sleeping less than six hours a night, you're really demolishing your immune system, both because you're not producing as many immune cells and you're not releasing them throughout your body in the same way. So I know sleep is something that people are having a very hard time with because your mind is racing about worries. Your body's pumped filled with cortisol. It's really hard to sleep. But as you do that, you're actually degrading your ability to manage exactly what it is that you're trying to fight. Well, and this is for my own personal satisfaction is meditation. Is, is it something that people mainly do in the mornings, the afternoons, at nights, all of the above, whenever they can, how does that work? All of the above, whenever they can. Okay. Um, so the best time to meditate is the time that you'll actually do it. <laughs> so it's like any habit you want to be doing it every day. And it really doesn't matter if it's in the morning or at night in the afternoon. You just choose the time where you will do it. You sit down for, start at five minutes a day, then move yourself up to 10 minutes. If you get to 20 minutes, awesome. If you can just stay at 10, that's totally fine. And then just like going to to the gym, you build the skill of meditation so that you have the tools to then use throughout the day when things become difficult. You know how to manage your mental state because you learned the skill by practicing it daily. One of the things that we noticed with Muse is that people, the most common time was at 7 a.m. 
And the second most common time was at 10 p.m. because people were meditating with Muse in order to help them fall asleep. And so what we did was we built this purpose-built device, Muse S, which is a soft band headband that you can actually wear while you're sleeping. And you can do, it comes with these beautiful guided meditations that teach you to calm your mind before bedtime. And then it also gives you real-time feedback um, in the form of a soundtrack built from your body that's designed to entrain your body to help you fall asleep faster. So it's this incredibly amazing tool that's tracking your brain um, as you're falling asleep, your brain, your heart, your breath, and your body. And it's giving you this beautiful guidance to quiet your mind and then actually entraining the systems of your body, your heart, and your breath, and your movement to slow down in a way that's designed to lull you into sleep even faster. Now, do you need a calm zone to, to, to meditate in? Like, you know, because we were talking about doing it on the airplane. How, do, how does mm-hmm. that work? Is it better, obviously, I would think, to have a calm, you know, a calm area? So you can meditate anywhere, and the goal is that you, you know, now have this practice that you can use at any point in your life when you're in very busy and very demanding situations. Uh, most people do like to meditate somewhere that's quiet, and certainly when you're a beginning meditator, it really helps. And as you get better, you actually sometimes want to intentionally expose yourself to noisier and more active environments in which to meditate so that you're kind of leveling up your skills. Okay. But you don't need a special place. You know, there doesn't need to be a Buddha there or a yoga mat or a special pillow or anything. You can do it wherever is comfortable for you, on your couch, on your bed, at your dining room table, wherever is a comfortable and easy place for you to sit. It can be on a chair. It doesn't need to be on the floor, cross-legged. It's a comfortable place for you to sit for five to ten minutes. See, and I think that's part of the, the negative stigmatism or, you know, preconceived ideas. So I think that's that's really great. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. People feel like, oh, I don't have an altar in my home and don't want one. Great. I don't want one either. <laughs> exactly. But it's there. It's fine. <laughs> well, and how are you integrating technology with that? Because you, obviously you're at CES and you have this headband, but I'm sure there's an app for it. And Yep. So the headband, it's really like a Fitbit, um, but you wear it on your forehead and it's tracking your brain, as well as your heart, your breath, and your movement during your meditation practice. So the headband just flips on like a pair of glasses or just like a little sport headband, um, and it connects to an app on your phone, and it tracks your mind during meditation. It gives you real-time audio feedback to let you know when you're focused and when your mind is wandering. So the metaphor we use is your mind is like the weather. So when you're thinking and distracted, you actually hear it as stormy. And if you guide yourself to quiet, focused attention, it quiets the storm. So you're getting this real-time feedback on your mind's activity during your meditation, guiding you back into quiet and reinforcing you to stay there, really showing you what you're supposed to do and then keeping you there. And then after the fact, you get data. So there's charts and graphs and scores that actually show you what your brain was doing moment by moment. So you can see, you can understand the process of meditation and apply that knowledge into your daily life. Okay. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, sounds exactly awesome. what a lot of lot of business travelers need, including myself. Totally. And so we have, you know, individuals who use it. There are hundreds of thousands of people that use it all over the world. It's in five languages, French, German, Spanish, Italian. Um, we also have companies that use it with their employees. 
So we do uh, corporate programs where people can use Muse to meditate in small groups. And we come in and we teach meditation and we use the tool. And it's incredibly powerful. And then we also have a lot of healthcare organizations that use it. Okay. So like the Mayo Clinic just did a study using Muse. Um, they used it for breast cancer patients awaiting surgery. And they were able to demonstrate that these breast cancer patients awaiting surgery decrease their stress, decrease their fatigue, and improve their quality of life through the cancer care process. Well, that's that's got to be, yeah, I see. You have a great product. It fits a lot of needs, and it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. I, I Thank want... you. I mean, that, that was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored that it's working. So far, so good, right? It's great. I don't want to yeah. take up too much more of your time. What's the best way for my listeners to, to follow you or see, you know, find out about Muse or, or, or even about Ariel. So if you want to find out about Muse, you can go to choosemuse.com. Um, and then on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, the handle is at choosemuse. And then you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Ariel uh, Ariel's Musing and Ariel Garten. Perfect. Well, hey, Ariel, thank you so much for your time. I'll make sure to put all the links for the listeners into my website and make them available uh, on my social media as well. So I want to thank you so much for the time. Um, I hope you're hope you're getting through it well. Sounds like you're doing the meditation's helping you. So you have a great outlook. The meditation is really, really helping. Yeah. It's been great. So, so all the best to you, and I hope you and your family are faring through as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Ariel. Have thank a, you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.